chapter 10, verse 8. We're riding on the back of a couple of amazing messages in the last couple of weeks. Alan Kelly, followed by Stuart Hanna, kicked off this whole amazing joy set before him theme. And um, as we're worshiping this morning and the fire of God and you know, you ladies, you brought that fire back with you from Cherish, and then during the week, you br- the, the guys brought the fire back from Uganda, and, and people, you know, have brought that thing from different places, and, and um, but there's one question I want to address, probably the question that I've been asked more than any other question in 40 years of following the Lord Jesus, and the question is this. How do you keep that fire and stay in that fire and that joy when you get it? You all know somebody like Elijah when he was at the top of that mountain. Everything, everything was going right for him. He had more fire more joy, more victory in the face of his enemies than it would appear any other time in his ministry. And yet we find, we find Elijah a short time after that hiding and terrified for his life in a low place. And so today, I want to address that question because you've either experienced it at some event here on a Sunday morning in your private moment or the day you came to Jesus. You've had a touch of God. You've had that fire. You've had that joy. Some people even told me when they came down the mountains from the fourth musketeer, nine o'clock in the morning, boom, the business goes bust. Or they lose the job. And so... I loved it when I was talking to Alan Kelly, and he, he, you could still feel the fire on him, but, but actually he's saying that nine o'clock in the job on the Monday morning, you know, you're back to reality, you know, with demands and all kinds of stuff. But I believe Europe needs the fire, the joy, and beauty of Jesus to spark a revival like never before. Now and again, he just sends a sprinkle of some Africans to each nation because they happen to be one of the sources of that great joy. But I want to address that question today because I want to look at today at what A.W. Tozer believes is missing and blocking the fire and the joy and the revival in Europe. And it's quite fascinating. And um, A.W. Tozer said that the reason the revival fire is lukewarm in the church in Europe is because of two words, God and, God and. When I heard him read that, it reminded me of a sermon, Adrian Turk preached many, many years ago about Jesus Plus. Probably that sermon impacted me as much as any other sermon ever, and so has this. 
I believe this is a crucial, crucial, crucial issue we're looking at today. Because when you come back from wherever, or you've been into that Holy of Holies, you've been in that presence of God, you want that to stay. And yet, people have asked me for 40 years, how come it disappeared on Monday morning? How come it it lasted three weeks? And here's the thing. There have been all kinds of surveys done on how long the effect of a mission vision lasts. A visitation or a missionary vision from Jesus to our lives is designed to last forever. Let me just kick off this sermon by saying nothing in the world will bring you a joy more that stays and is sustained than a full-blooded pursuit of the living God and God alone. And the secret is to pursue God and God alone until God fills you with all he got. That right there, I believe, is the key to turning Europe around because that is what was deposited in the Garden of Eden. You know people like Levi. We'll read the the verses first because Levi is a man who, who knows what it's like to have that. And he also knows the moment when it appears like everything is gone. Deuteronomy 10, Levi, we hear these words, verse 8, it says, at that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord and minister and pronounce blessings in his name as they still do today. This is why the Levites have no share or inheritance among their fellow Israelites. The Lord is their inheritance as the Lord your God told them. Here's how it worked out. Levi's standing there and God is reading out the will. When this kind of will is read out, your mate, if you have land, you can survive, you can sustain, you are the business. You're like instantly from poverty into one of the richest people around. He's standing there waiting to hear what his allotment is, as God divides up this fantastic land of Canaan. And he stands there and he waits and his name comes up. Levi, this is what's left in your will. Nothing. Zilcho. Can you imagine? He was on the mountaintop, and in one sentence, like he's in the valley. How many of you know somebody that just seemed like they were on the verge of breakthrough? They were on the verge of great blessing. They were on the verge of all happening. 
things seem to be going good. They're believing for a miracle and somebody's about to read the will and your miracle's about to arrive. And then, bang! Your husband's gone. Your wife is gone. Your children is gone. Your job is gone. Your stuff is gone. That's the place Levi was in. So Levi goes from the mantle faith to the valley. Nothing. Nothing. No land. No produce. No place for accommodation. No future. Nothing for the descendants. Nothing for the inheritance. I mean nothing. All of you have been in that place. And then... In a split second, God takes Levi back from the pits to the mountaintops. And he said, the reason I'm giving you nothing is because I'm going to give you something that will make you far more full of joy, far richer, far more blessed. I'm going to give you myself. Let's applaud the living God for that. That right there splits the God hand right down the middle because everybody around them thinks happiness is the God and the stuff. And God is trying to teach us something through Levi that if you want your joy to be sustained and the fire to be sustained, regardless of the circumstances, then we've got to separate God and the ant. We have to separate God and the stuff. And this is what God did with Levi. He said, this is why you've got no land. The Lord, the Lord God is your inheritance. Imagine if God said to you, you're going to have no wife. You're going to have no money. You're going to have no land. You're going to have no future. But you're going to have me as your inheritance. What he's saying to Levi is I'm giving you something a million times more important, more valuable. And if you get this, you will not be a roller coaster emotional Christian. You don't have to live on the roller coaster. Some people don't even go up anymore. They're just on the waltzers. They're just burling round and round. But God is bringing this awesome thing that Tozer spotted. And here's the thing in the Garden of Eden, enshrined in the heart of mankind was God. Nothing wrong with stuff. God surrounded them with more stuff, more blessings than you could ever imagine. He surrounded them with stuff. But things were in the right order. God was on the throne of their hearts and the source of all joy and fire. And confusion came after the fall 
when God was no longer enthroned on the shrine of their hearts and stuff replaces that seat on the throne where God once sat. There is another man. There is another man and God takes him for a walk. His name is Abraham. Now you've had this story many times over, but God begins to do a number on Abraham and clarify and separate the God and once and for all. You know, he's on top of the world. He has a son. And in Genesis 22, verse 5, it said an angel comes to Abraham a second time. And he says, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you haven't withheld your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. God's spelling out to him a lifetime of favor, blessing, joy. Your descendant will take possessions of the city of their enemies and through your offspring. All nations will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This came after God dealt with the end. To some people, this is one of the most confusing stories in the Bible how Abraham gets to that top of the mountain and, and the questions asked, where is the sacrifice? You have to take the life of your own son. What is that all about? What is that all about? God is making clear to Abraham nothing and no one can have first place on the throne of your heart. Only God and God alone must have that place on the throne. And when Abram was willing to take the life of his son, God knew he had Abram's heart 100%. Now here is why I believe many people stay on a roller coaster and very often the roller coaster don't go up no more and they're just burling around in circles, in depression, and in restlessness. This message is for Christians. This message is for those who are not Christians. Restlessness has no favorites. It will visit you. But I promise you, if you don't deal with this issue, restlessness will increase because restlessness comes from idols. Idols is just any stuff, anything, and it can even be your own family if you put that before the living God. That's why he says you shall have no other gods before me. Now here's the thing, the gospel in Europe looks a lot like this. I will be fully happy with God and. Emma says, 
I've heard that message before. I said, I know it's similar to the Jesus Plus one Adrian gave, but give me some space, darling. She's great. She just keeps me on that track and then brings that wisdom. Not to, oh, you said I wasn't to say what you said. Right, okay, I forgot that wee bit. That's an important bit, right. Funny, in fact, forget that every week, eh? No, the first time I spent Sunday afternoon in the doghouse, anyway. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what that feels like, Eddie, eh? Right, okay. Here's the thing. The gospel in Europe, at this moment in time, smells awful like God and you. So, it's like the man who walks down the aisle, looks into the most beautiful eyes he's ever seen, and goes, you're all I need. And they're not married a month, and he says, oh, sweetheart, I need a four by six. Some people call them four by fours. Motor cars. I call them four by six because every four-wheeled one I see has got six screaming kids in the back. And then they get the four by six and then it's like, you're in this next thing and this next thing. And before you know it, they're obsessed with some hobby. And it's now, 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 the wife begins to feel she's a turf widow. That golf is now on the throne of his heart where she once was. Me and Lara was having a laugh last week and she told me something I never knew before. She said, am I allowed to say it? It wasn't, it wasn't a private thing, or maybe, I mean, she was saying, she knows, she, Lara loves horses and she actually knows, she's heard of people being divorced over a horse. <laughs> because, you know, in the first year of marriage, you have the most beautiful eyes. You know, in the second year of marriage, the horses go better eyes. And before you know it, and, and we can have a laugh, but it's true. How many men have walked or women walked in the aisle? And this is it. This is it. I need nothing else. I know this. I don't even need a roof over my head. I don't need it. All I need is you. 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 You're all I need. And then it's and, 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 and. And I'll be happy in this marriage and if I get that. I'll be happy in this marriage and if you do that. I'll be happy in this marriage and. And that is pretty much largely most of the Christianity in Europe. God, I'll be ha happy with you and that beautiful one you're bringing to marry me. I'll be God, I'll be happy God with you. And when that calling comes for that one million into the business, oh God, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. Yes, I'm happy in you. But I'll be really happy when the and shows up. And the and could look like friends. It could look like family. It could look like loved one. It could look like your hobby. But I'm telling you now, there is nothing robbing man from the freedom in Jesus Christ more than an and. In my case, historically, it was football and music. What is it in your life? What is it in, what, what is it in your life? Because here's the thing. When you don't get satisfied in God, you'll go back to the and. 
And people give all kinds of reasons why they don't come to church or they don't worship Jesus on this. Let me tell you something. God and is crippling and tripping up people. And when Alan brought that anointing of joy and Dave and Helen and, and Fizz and things, and you went, because most of the people or many of the people that have real joy, those little orphans, they don't have the choice of the and. They don't have the choice of the school, many of them. They don't have the choice of glasses when their eyesight goes. They don't have the choice of three meals a day. But they got what's most important. They got God. Now, I don't intend to take this too far because I think we've just gone straight for the baby. And I want to say, when restlessness comes to visit you, that's the moment you've taken your eyes of God and put on the throne of your heart one of your ends. So when we get revival, God and 10,000 people, I will be happy. When the preaching, preacher remembers the, the scripture, I'll be happy. When I get to play in the band, do you know the thing I love about children or I love about young, new parents? Young, new parents can't wait to visit their friends so that little Tommy can play with little Bob or Nancy and share toys. It's brilliant because the amount of times it's no five minutes before Tommy's had enough and he, he's put an invisible hedge around all his toys. And the poor mum's like, he's a good boy, you know, he's, he's usually, he's not usually like this. Honestly, he's not usually a total plonker and a pain. And honestly, he's the most, he's an angel. And uh, he, he, he's never, he's never, he's never done this in his life before. He always shares and, and he come up with all this stuff. But for him, even at a young age, we see something that's in each one of us. It's that miser thing that has to own and possess everything. That thing of possessing my band, my ministry, my thing, my that. That's the stuff. And when God was back on the throne of Abraham's heart, all the stuff shows up. But the stuff is in its right place now. The stuff belongs to him, but it doesn't possess him. And so, you, I've seen people, they, they lose their joy when God touches their Isaac. They lose their joy when God touches their money. They lose the joy when God touches that little hobby. But when you see that God is doing you the greatest favor ever, he's putting his finger on your idol to give you an opportunity to smash it once and for all. Revival will come to Europe when a people 
decide, I want to be like Levi. I want to be like Abraham. You're all I need. You're more than sufficient. And even right now, if you're in that place where you've lost everything, you, you can't see a way out. You can't see any head turn. You had it all. You had it all. You had it all. And you lost it all. Now, you and I don't know if we're going to drop dead in the next three minutes. We don't know. We don't know. Smith Wigglesworth went to his friend's church, watched, walked up to the platform, stood beside his Fred, put his head on his shoulders, and went to sleep. Just died like that. I say that to say this. We cannot delay. I'm speaking first to those who have not decided to go all out for God. What is that little stupid thing? What is that thing that won't be here tomorrow? That little hobby, that little toy, that little stuff, that little thing, that little idol. Why would you allow? And when you get on the job on Monday morning and stuff comes at you, that's your moment to go, I'm not having that stuff. The moment you fret on the stuff, the fret, you're taking, you're giving a center place. You go, no, 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 no. There's a shrine here. And there's a God here on that throne. And I'm going to be full of that God. And, and the more I get full of that God, there is no space for fretting. There's no space. And if you part the idols, repent of the idols, then God will come through like it came through for Abraham. God, you could maybe agree with us. How many people would agree that God is worth pursuing with all you got? Come on. How many believe that he's enough? He is enough. He's more than enough without the and. Come on. Before I finish, the band could come up, please. God wants to visit you. He wants to visit you with fresh fire, fresh joy. But he doesn't want it to vanish on Monday morning. And it won't vanish when that idol shows up. That thing. Oh, if only that thing was right. If only I could see the solution to that thing. If only I know how that thing's going to work out. Do you know, most of the things won't work out and it doesn't matter. Because he has it all in the palm of his hand. Imagine what would happen if God showed you an idol today. He showed me three yesterday. Three. I told Elma too, she said, what's the third one? I said, I'll tell you when I find the courage. Three idols. And you know, each idol was a very beautiful thing. Just a beautiful thing. It was actually three beautiful things. But I just give 
so much attention to the beautiful thing. What about pursuing God like you've never pursued God before? What if you said, God, I, I'm not in this distress about that family thing no more, that resource thing, that goal. I'm not, I, I'm not fretting no more about that university. I'm not fretting no more about this holiday. I'm, I'm not fretting no more. I'm parking all that fret. I'm parking it all. Every single one of those frets, I'm parking them on your guitar, Jesus. And you could play with them. You could play with them. But I'm going to give myself 100% to one thing for the rest of my days. And that is to get full of God with all he's got. My chief end and only end to be to bring honor to his name and glory to his name. Don't waste your time for one minute thinking that new business is going to bring you the happiness, that little hobby thing is going to bring it. I'm telling you now, you're already bored to death with it if you just be honest with yourself. It's already killing you if you just be honest with yourself. And so I want to pray, firstly, very quickly, with every eye closed, if you don't mind. I want to pray for those who have never ever decided I'm going to follow Jesus and also pray for those who've thought about it, who've started the journey, but they've gone back to the stuff. In fact, if that is you, I'd like you to raise your hand so you don't feel you're the result of some emotional deal. One person, anybody else? Two persons, anybody else? Three persons, anybody else? The most courageous decision you've ever made. Even if you're mad as hell at me right now, that's all right. It's a normal reaction. And God brings his love and convicts. Anybody else? There's three. There's three. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I repent of my idols. I repent of the God and. I slay every idol in the power of Jesus Christ in my heart. And I park every single thing at the foot of the cross. And for everybody else in the room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have been fretting, getting depressed, getting discouraged, you get a touch, you read the Bible, wow! You put the worship on, wow, but it lasts five minutes because the stuff, and the stuff may even be unforgiveness. It could be hatred. It could be anger, but stuff have become idols in your heart. We're going to take a moment. 
things are not right with your family and, and, and you're all distressed and things, let's park them at the foot of the cross and trust Jesus to bring great results with the family. If it's with the marriage, with the business, with the resources, the Bible says cast the burdens upon the Lord. Let's take them to the cross and park them there and make a radical decision right now. I'm not going to waste another ounce of energy fretting about nothing. Me in my house, we're going to pursue God, pursue His presence, pursue His fire, pursue His joy, pursue His love, pursue His miracles, pursue the heart of God and the presence of God and the love of God. We're going to pursue God and God alone. And we're going to pursue God until God fills us to overflowing with every single thing God has got. Begin in my heart, Lord God. I surrender my idols, my frets and concerns. And I invite you to come right now with the power of your Holy Spirit and fill me with fresh fire. Just op open your hands if you want, like a gift, as an act of surrender. And invite the Holy Spirit, just come and fill you fresh. Fill you fresh. Fill you fresh. Oh God, forgive us. We've, 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 we've thought the source of the joy could look like the stuff. Reach out your hands, guys, to this young man, please. He's going in for a major kidney transplant in the next short little while. Father God, I don't know any young man that pursues you more. I don't know a young man that carries your joy more. I don't know a young man that gets more attacks and more health issues. And yet, this guy glows with the joy of Jesus Christ. He's not an and man. He's not given to riches. He's not given to hobbies. Well, maybe one, but he's not given. He's not given. He's not given the crazy life. This man has a word or a date for everybody. And this man needs a touch from you, oh God. In this moment, would you fill him, oh God, with your Holy Spirit? And would you heal his body and heal that kidney right now in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Overflow him with your joy, Lord. Overflow him, Lord. Overflow him, Lord. I know he's crazy enough, but make him more crazy for you, O oh God. You love him, O oh God. Bless him. In Jesus' name. Okay, one more minute. Fill us up, O oh God. Fill us, O oh God. And we're making a decision right now. When Monday comes, when that holiday comes, when that university comes, when that job comes, when that trial comes, when that family worry comes, God, we can do nothing. Worry gains us nothing but stress. In that moment, we're going to get radically, radically more full of God, full of God, full of God than we've ever been in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand and applaud the Lord Jesus Christ like crazy?